This podcast is brought to you by CATV, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Hello and welcome to Shelf Help, a podcast where booksellers help you answer one of life's trickier, and we argue most important questions. What should you read next? I'm Lisa, co-founder of The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help you find your next great book. I'm Carrie, one of the co-owners of the Yankee Bookshop. I'm Emma, one of the co-owners of the Norwich Bookstore. I'm Allie, the owner of Still North Books and Bar. And I'm Sam, the other co-owner of the Norwich Bookstore. And if you are a regular listener of Shelf Help, you know that our episodes answer questions from our listeners. So please send us your reading dilemma, whatever it is, to shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. We will do our best to answer it in an upcoming episode. For this episode, episode number 10, each bookseller has been asked to discuss one book that they recommend for a question from Sherry, our friend from Literary North. Sherry is looking for strange and beautiful novels about middle age. Probably we should start with a discussion about what middle age Allie is. Has a theory. <laughs> I have a theory. Oh, Allie has a theory. There we go. We'll let Allie start with her theory and then we'll have Sam do the first book recommendation. Also, to just back up for a second, if anybody is not familiar with Literary North, they are a Vermont, New Hampshire, Northern New England, I think. They describe themselves as our little rectangle of northern New England, which is the cutest way I've ever heard somebody describe Vermont and New Hampshire. They put on events. They have a calendar of literary events. They are voracious readers and just have excellent taste and have built this community around the more literary side of reading. And they're fantastic. So you should go follow them at literarynorth.org. Just Google Literary North and then do yourself a favor and sign up for their email newsletter as well because it's a really a slice of heaven delivered to your inbox once a month. My preamble to my theory at first I was like <laughs> 30s. And I was like, wait, I'm in my 30s. I don't think I'm middle-aged. I was like, there's that ambiguity that we should keep in mind. But even just thinking about, okay, if we're thinking about like late 40s, 50s, 60s, <laughs> it's a time in life after you've quote unquote got things figured out and before you start having to deal with the terror of the fact that you're going to die soon. And so I think that it is just inherently, there's kind of a stasis that we imagine. I'm not saying at all that that's actually what defines middle age, but I think we imagine that there's this sort of stasis that is slightly less maybe marketable than, you know, the coming of age novel, the figuring out a thing that a young person needs to figure out or the dealing with death faisants. That's my theory, but please debate that. It came out of nowhere. There was no research to this theory. So please, counterpoints. Sam? I think what I said was middle age is a state of mind, which just dovetails nicely with your theory. So we're going to go with it. We're going to go with it. Also, I think it supports some, maybe somewhat supports my, my picks so much as my pick makes any sense in relation to Sherry's question at all. Sorry, Sherry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she'll let us know if we did not solve her dilemma. Well, see, the thing is, Sherry asked for strange and beautiful novels about middle age. And I may have just kind of flipped a coin and been like, well, you can have strange or you can have beautiful. But you can't have both. Not for me today, at least. Maybe from the other fine booksellers in this room. But I went mostly with strange, although I think that there is some beauty in the book that I ultimately settled on. If you're uh, following along at home playing a shelf help bingo or shelf help drinking game or or whatever, trim size, take a shot. <laughs> Sam giving way too much context to something. 
Mary Robeson, take a shot. We're going to talk about Mary <laughs> Robeson again. She made an appearance in one of our earlier episodes where we were talking about a Tessa Moshfeg-esque fiction. I really like Mary Robeson, folks. And today I'm going to shoehorn one of my favorite of her novels into this question. The novel is One DOA, One on the Way, which was a 2001 or 2002 book that was reissued fairly recently by Counterpoint Press, maybe in 2018. It was out of print for a number of years. It's a novel set in immediately post-Katrina New Orleans, sometime in the early aughts. Post-Katrina New Orleans, our protagonist is a film scout, location scout, and her career has been driving around New Orleans figuring out locations for shoots. She is married to a wealthy eccentric who has a twin brother, and they're always up to no kinds of good. And you're talking about kind of the middle age being the time when you're no longer coming of age, but you're not yet confronting mortality. And I think maybe I'd argue that my one counterpoint to that would be that you're just starting to confront mortality. And this is definitely the situation in this novel because the husband, one of these two twins, his name is Adam and our protagonist's name is Eve. Do with that what you will. Adam has recently... Yes, nice it's it's a, it's a, There's a nail and it's been hit. Adam has recently been diagnosed with a life-altering medical condition and has moved back home with his family who are pieces of work, all of them. And Eve is slowly losing some of her grip on just about everything. But so is everybody else. The city is a mess. This family is a mess. And our stalwart protagonist is left to sort of navigate the rubble of a brave new world. And the way she does this is darkly funny, a little sad around the edges, and definitely zany in every possible way. This is a book that kind of reads like something the Coen brothers might have directed, especially the conclusion of it. And I can't claim that it ends happily, but it does go out with a bang. So I highly recommend it. You'll rip through it in an afternoon. It's a slim little novel told in these little bulleted lists and minimalist chapters. And man, it's it's worth the small investment of time. So one DOA, one on the way by Mary Robeson. Nice start. Let's go. Emma's flipping through a book, so I'm going to have her <laughs> go next. <laughs> Not because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so far, all I can see is that it's MCD. Um, okay. Oh, now I can see the cover. So I cover. was flipping through the book because I'm trying to figure out if this protagonist is actually middle-aged because it's been a couple of years since I read it. But she's been married for 14 years, so I'm just going to go with it. The book is called So Lucky. It's by Nicola Griffith. And again, like I said, haven't read it in a while. I'm going to read you a little bit of the back after I talk about it for a bit. So this book is about a woman who has just been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Her wife has just left her and she's lost her job. So kind of a terrible situation that she's in and she's very angry about it. And actually, I don't know if we'll keep this in or not, but while I was slipping through the book trying to figure out her age, I came to a part that I just have to read out loud. So she's just sent a budget to her superiors and a coworker has asked her after looking at it if she's quitting and she's very confused. And so the coworker shows her the budget and where it should have been labeled maintenance slash improvements and miscellaneous, it read, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> Oops. 
It's I like can't hitting rem- reply all accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very angry book, but I think that it is strange and beautiful because there's also a little bit of a kind of supernatural element in the background. The MS is sort of, I can't remember if it's MS or her anger, but there's this like kind of monster in the background always following her and you're never really sure if Nicola Griffith meant this monster to be like an actual monster or not and I just think Nicola Griffith is brilliant all of her books are so incredible and since I'm not great at describing this book because it's been a while I just wanted to read a little bit of the description on the back which says Nicola Griffith's So Lucky is fiction from the front lines incandescent and urgent a narrative juggernaut that rips through sentiment to expose the savagery of the experience of being disabled and chronically ill in America. Not all back matter is well-written, but that one sure is. Wow. Right? Yeah. Very good book. And it's really slim. Yeah, I was noticing that too. It looks like yeah. it would be a good book club book for that reason. Yes. Because it, there's you could a lot actually to finish, talk about. There's a lot to talk about it and you could finish it quickly. Yeah. Or quicker than some of the other novels that book clubs tend to pick. Yeah. Okay, Carrier Alley, who's next? Go, Carrie. So today, as I was wandering around the shop and thinking about what is middle age and <laughs> trying to figure out, because often I feel like many books don't really talk about the age of the narrator necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the books where they don't really talk about the age of the narrator, they're probably, quote unquote, middle aged. It's a good assumption. I think. Yeah. Right? Because you wouldn't want to be labeled that. Yeah. And if it's like <laughs> coming of age, it's pretty clear. That yeah. it's coming of age. So uh, middle age is the absence of age. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you start to forget Whoa. how old you are, right? Oh, when people are <laughs> That sounds like early onset, though. <laughs> then I'm in a bad way. <laughs> so I came up with a couple of different things that I felt like they were all novels about people who had come of age and they were doing their thing and then they started to question the thing that they had been doing for all that time. My favorite one is a book called Agatha of Little Neon. I felt like they were all novels about people who had come of age and they were doing their thing and then they started to question the thing that they had been doing for all that time. My favorite one is a book called Agatha of Little Neon oh, by Claire None lit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or as we like to call it, Convent Core. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also had Matrix by Lauren Groff on I this list. I thought about doing that. Uh, yeah. so I it too. I think of nuns when I think of middle age. Sorry, Sherry. Uh, <laughs> I think it might actually be Sherry who got me to read Agatha of Little Neon. So I, sorry, Sherry, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. This is one of the rare novels that the ending is very quiet, but I stayed up to like three in the morning because I just really needed to know what was going to happen. And then I proceeded to stay up another hour just thinking about all of it. It's not dark. This woman has chosen to be a nun. She's at a convent in Buffalo, New York, and she's there with three sisters that she's very close with. And they are tasked with taking care of a nursery school, essentially. But then the nursery school gets shut down. And so due to budgeting restraints, they get shipped off to a new convent a new situation where they are all of a sudden put in charge of a halfway house and so these women have gone from being nuns and taking care of children to all of a sudden living in a house with these individuals who had a pretty rough go of things and are trying to figure their lives out and so some introspection begins agatha starts to 
look at the choices that she's made and how she became a nun and debate whether or not that's what she wants to continue to do. And it's so wonderfully written. I don't even think I said the author's name, Claire, Claire Luchette. I haven't read anything else by her, but now I want to read everything that she's written. It's just, it's beautiful. Because I know that Sherry was the one who told me about this book, I will just very quickly mention another staff favorite from our shop, House in the Cerulean Sea. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting one. It's a good I one, I haven't yeah. read it. I need to. I hear it's pleasant. It's very sweet. Like, it's beautiful. Not and pleasant, s- but sweet. It's beautiful and strange in its own way, just because it's dealing with magical characters and the storyline is beautiful but it's more sweet it's more like reading a book that's just a big hug but again about someone who has held a job for most of their life and not really questioned things and then all of a sudden a new influx of people in their life and start to question everything i think that's a great definition of middle age yeah yeah when you start to question yeah and when you're faced with like a a change in what had previously been just like the flow of your life okay that is the perfect segue into what I was going to recommend. There we yes. go. Nicely cued. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. <laughs> Sherry, I think you've already read this book. I think you might have ordered it from us. And if you haven't read it, I'm shocked. Read it if you haven't, but sorry that we couldn't do better. I wanted to recommend The Swimmers by Julia Atsuka. You might be listening to this if you're familiar with the book saying, no, that's about old age, but I have an argument. As to why it's about middle age, which I will get to in a moment. But going to what Emma was talking about and what Carrie was talking about, The Swimmers is told in four separate movements, four different points of view. The first is the collective point of view of a group of swimmers who use an underground pool. They swim laps. It's part of their daily or weekly routine. Her writing, beautiful, definitely. Strange, maybe. We'll talk more. But she just has, Julia Atsuka has this way of creating these lists you know what she's saying in a felt way. Like you just, she elicits so much feeling in her writing. There's just so much recognition. And so these swimmers, we get to know them a little bit. We get to know what drives them. We get to hear their personal private thoughts. And then one day a crack appears in the bottom of the pool. And so it totally interrupts this stasis. The cracks grow and eventually this pool is shut down and that brings us into the rest of the novel and we start to focus in on one woman an older woman who basically the ritual of the pool was keeping her alive and keeping her brain functioning and so she has dementia and without the stasis of the pool things change for her but the reason that I think that this is not just about old age but about middle age as well without giving up too much of the book is that we also get to hear or see what's going on from the daughter's point of view. And so it felt to me really like this transition from middle age to older age. And so I think Sam was saying that it's when you start to face mortality, the daughter has to face how she's been relating to or not relating to her mother and then start to go into this phase of her life where she's also thinking about her own mortality. I think it qualifies as strange because of the the narrative structure. Nothing too strange is happening. There was a moment where I was like, ooh, crack in the bottom of the pool. Maybe it's like <laughs> the world's going to explode. <laughs> I was, it yeah, was it's a, a portal. portal. It's a portal. I really <laughs> did think that that might be a thing that was going to happen. But yeah, it's just beautifully written and helped me try to figure out what middle age actually meant. 
with or without success. Not sure. Ask us in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I want to describe myself that way, and yet I probably am. And with that, we end episode number 10. Shelf Help is brought to you by The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help readers find their next great book, CATV, Upper Valley Media Community, and three Upper Valley bookstores, Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont, the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont, and Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. If you've got a reading dilemma, you can email us a question or a voice memo at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. That's shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. We are here to help your shelves, and we hope, Sherry, despite the fact that you apparently read two out of the four or five books that we recommended today, we hope that this helped. (laughs) And thanks for being with us. See you next time on Shelf Help. Thank you for listening to CATV Podcasts. If you found this episode interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content at CATV, please visit our website at catv8.org. That is C-A-T-V, the number eight, dot org. You can find all of our podcasts under the Listen section on our homepage.